Mix it all together and you know that it's the best, best of both, both worlds. worlds. <laughs> Shit, now I'm like worried about my sound and everything. Don't worry, sweetie. I, I'm not, you know what? I'm not worried if you're by my side. <laughs> <laughs> but should we introduce this podcast? Yeah, we should. This Pilates cast. At the count of three, I'm going to say boss hags and you say it at the same time. Okay. Okay, ready? One two three boss hags boss hags okay (laughs) that was such a good intro (laughs) i'm allison and this is good time janae anstead and together we are boss hags boss hags (laughs) okay we're talking about dolly parton today yeah we are we're talking about dolly parton and her name is one of those names that is hard to say because it's parton parton or pardon, but everyone just says parton, right? Yeah. Dolly Parton. If you're wondering what makes us qualified to talk about this subject, we are both Dollyologists and we've both been to Dollywood. I studied at the School of Hard Knocks and Dollywood. We both have degrees <laughs> in Dollyology. <laughs> PhDs, baby. Just like with Elvis, we were experts on Elvis because we went to Graceland, and we're experts on Dolly because we went to Dollywood and Pigeon Forge in general. Pigeon Forge slaps. It really does. Guys, that town is like Las Vegas, but they're not throwing porn at you. There's just like horse shows and dinner theater and museums, amusement parks. Dolly Parton, I was watching a thing right before this, and she said she employs 5,000 people. Oh, my gosh. Because she has Dollywood, and she has all those restaurants where, like, cowboys do stuff during dinner. I don't know. Amy Elms went to it, right? Dolly rodeo dinner show thing. Our associate boss hag Amy Elms has been to a Dolly Parton dinner theater show. And she said that there were just, like, people on horses, and they were, like, playing dolly pardon music (laughs) and there was dinner like everyone ate a whole rotisserie chicken yeah it sounds insane yeah so apparently dollywood is the largest employer in the county sevier county good fact oh i have a fact i really want to start this off with i'm ready (sighs) so it said that when dolly parton has coitus with her husband carl dean she imagines him as keith urban or a tiny petite woman (laughs) What the fuck? I know. I don't really understand. Like, he must be really versatile if he can fit both those molds for her. I'm sorry. Where are you getting that information? (laughs) A YouTube video that was like Dolly Parton's biography. The narrator said it, and they were like, just proof that even in her old age, she hasn't stopped using her imagination. Okay. inspirational i just don't know that i want to know what dolly pardon is imagining when she's having sex with carl dean yeah who she's been with for a very long time yeah they met in 1940 or 1964 sorry and she was 18 and it was like her first day in nashville and they were at a laundromat and then they got married at age when she was 20 and they've been married ever since which is very rare for Hollywood legends. True. 
since we're on the subject of Dolly's preferences, she says that Johnny Cash was her first crush, and she first laid eyes on Johnny Cash at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. This is a quote. I was sitting in the audience, and that's when I first knew about sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) That's so pure, though. That is very pure. Who was your first crush slash sexual awakening, Allison? Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars, the second one of the shitty trilogy in, like, the early 2000s. Clone Wars. It might have been the third one. I don't know. It was when he was shirtless, and I was, like, 12, and was like, whoa. (laughs) He chooses really bad projects. I agree. Not that he's, like, a great actor, but, like, why is he choosing Little Italy and the bad Star Wars? Well, here's the thing. Choosing Star Wars, I don't think you could fault anyone for that, but then... That's fair. I mean, and a lot of people would disagree. A lot of our contemporaries on Twitter.com are big fans of the prequels. And, like, I love them and I grew up watching them, but they're objectively poorly written. The dialogue is shit. <laughs> are the the ones with Hayden Christensen the prequels? Yes. I don't know. I just don't really care about Star Wars, so I don't know the timeline. I mean, we just lost half our fans, but it's cool. I also don't give a shit about Harry Potter. (laughs) I care enough about that nerd shit for the both of us. You're in a coven. I'm literally in a Twilight coven. I wish I had a fandom that I cared that much about. You wish that you could feel something the way the fans of Harry Potter, Twilight, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars feel. (laughs) Exactly. You're right. Maybe it's just like an indicator of a bigger problem. Like you're a sociopath? Yeah. I'm a shell of a human being. Cool. Uh, Did you know that the first clone sheep was named after Dolly? No. In 1996, scientists created a clone from an adult mammal cell and needed a name for it, so they named her after the Queen of Country. Wow. So they revealed that the sheep was derived from a mammary gland cell, and they couldn't think of a more impressive pair of glands than Dolly Parton's. So it was a lot of men working on that project, huh? Yeah, really love that for them. (laughs) I would name my kid Dolly. Would you? Yeah. In fact, I kind of have to because I said to the universe when my my suitcase got lost that had my Dollywood shirt in it, I said that if it comes back to me, I'll name my firstborn child Dolly. My firstborn child who's a girl, I'll name it Dolly. Short for Dolly fur? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dollyson? Uh... (laughs) Incredible. Should we start at the beginning of her life? Yeah, she was born in 1946 in, where was she born? Dolly Rebecca Pardon was born January 19th, 1946 in Pigeon River, Tennessee. Oh, that's such a cute name of a little small town. This, hold on, I'm looking at a thing, it's biography.com that says she was born in Locust Ridge, Locust Ridge, Tennessee. Okay, fans, all right, listeners slash boss hags fans. What should we name our fandom? The hags? Hags, sweeties. Hey, hags. We're the bosses and you're the hags. (laughs) This one goes out to all our hags. If you're trying to figure out where Dolly Parton was born... Wikipedia says she was born in Little Pigeon River, Tennessee, but she was actually born in, what is it, Allison? Locust Ridge. But this is according to biography.com. 
So, I mean, it depends on your trust level. I trust no one, but I trust biography.com. I'm looking at Wikipedia, and it says she was born in Pittman Center, Tennessee. Shit, you're right. What is the truth? Good grief. Either way, it's in Tennessee in Sevier County, which is the same county as Pigeon Forge. Oh. So she was one of 12 children, and her family was super poor. And also, her birth was paid for with a sack of oatmeal. Like they just exchanged it with the doctor or something? He was like, thanks for your time. Here's some oatmeal. That's so pure. I know. Think about how much money your parents had to pay for you to be born. Jenny. A hell of a lot more than a sack of oatmeal at TBH. Did you know that I was? I was born, like, really sick, and my parents had to spend a lot of money for me not to die. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were born in a taxi or something, but what were you sick with, ma'am? I genuinely don't know. All I know is the story that was told to me is that the medicine that they had to buy for me when I was a kid was, like, more expensive than gold or some shit, but that is a confusing, indeterminate amount of money. <laughs> well, I'm glad they did. Honestly, me too. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I hope you don't listen to this. So let's move on from your bullshit. Oh, I forgot to say that my sexual awakening was Christopher Plummer in The Sound of Music. Whoa. Oh, my mom just told me. I, I'm i texting my mom while we're recording. And she said that I was born with beta strep. Sad. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. It sounds real bad. It actually Well, listen, it doesn't sound that bad, but maybe if a baby has it. Did you know that, like, two-thirds of the world's population under the age of 50 has type 1 herpes or whatever? Yeah. I actually um, was just talking to my friend about this because we're not taught enough about diseases, especially STDs, until you get them. And so people are, like, really, really afraid of herpes, but, like, everybody has it. Like, you have it in your cold sores in your mouth and like most of the population has it and it recurs the rest of your life very cool (laughs) it's very cool (laughs) we were talking about how dolly parton grew up in a very poor family with lots of kids and so that's the inspiration for code of many colors one of her most famous songs for which there is a movie and a sequel to that movie (laughs) I haven't seen either of them, but they star Jennifer Nettles of Sugarland. Yes. So it's called Coat of Many Colors, and it's basically just she didn't have a coat to keep her warm, and her mom took a box of rags that someone gave them and sewed them together with love to make a coat of many colors. And when we went to Dollywood, they had the actual tiny little coat on display. It was so cute. So she she composed that song in 1969, and it was released in 1971. Oh, it the original coat was used for various other pur- purposes, but her mother did make a new one to use on display in her Chasing Rainbows Museum at Dollywood. Oh, so it wasn't real. It was just a replica. Yeah. That's kind of a shame. Good enough for me. <laughs> I feel a little lied to, but I'm not mad. Buddy, she's got to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to pay the bills. She's Miley Cyrus's... Godmother. Godmother. 
she she doesn't have her own children. I feel kind of bad because like I went to her museum and saw her things with her husband and I was like, oh, I wonder if she ever had kids. And then I was like, oh, if I were looking at a man's museum thing, I would never care or think twice about if they had kids or if it had like if their life felt empty because of it. It's an interesting expectation that we have. But yeah, so she's She's Miley Cyrus's godmother, and the most pure thing on Miley's album Younger Now is the song Rainbow Land, so they collaborated on it. And the song starts out with a voicemail that Dolly leaves for Miley. I kind of want to play it right now. I'm going to play it for a second. Copyright laws, bitch. If you play it, I'm calling the police. (laughs) (laughs) I won't play it, but I am going to quote it. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Okay, so in it, she's like, Hey, Miley, it's me. I'm in Nashville. I'm on my way to Dollywood. Busy as you are. Can't get enough stuff to do. I'm excited about singing with you. So I'm just going to turn my CD player on with you singing and record on this cassette and sing along with it, and I'll send it to you later. Damn, dude. I wasn't ready. Oh, my gosh. Isn't she just the most pure person in the world? Yeah, except for those huge yabos. (laughs) Her yabos are the most pure part about her, Allison. Back off. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, you can be pure and still have huge yabos. Yeah, you can. That was so judgy of me. Well, that's something that I really appreciate about her because she was massively and commercially successful who did whatever she wanted as far as her style, her appearance, like altering her appearance. She wasn't trying to hold anyone to a certain beauty standard. She didn't care if people thought she was a joke. She had a really good sense of humor about herself and could laugh it off when people acted like that. She just, she did what she wanted to do with her body. And it wasn't like to tell us that we all had to look that way or prove some kind of a point. She just did whatever she wanted. Have you heard the quote where she said, if I see something sagging, bagging, or dragging, I'm going to have it nipped, tucked, or sucked. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was kind of presented as a joke, like, when I was a child. At least that's what it, how it felt. But then it was like she was actually very talented and good. The thing is, she knows that. She knows that she's a joke to some people. And I think it's like... I think it's almost like a tactic to get people to let their guard down. You can think I'm a joke, but like just wait till you hear the things I say and see all my success and doesn't really matter what you think when I own the entire state of Tennessee now. <laughs> That's true. I wish I had something I could rely on for self-esteem like that. Yeah. <laughs> Owning a whole city. Yeah, everyone thinks I'm a joke, but at least I have this podcast. <laughs> Is that what you've said when people have ridiculed you in the past? Yeah. When the haters have come on really strong, I just say, think what you will. I'm a boss hag. (laughs) And you'll never take that away from me. (laughs) I have an airbrush shirt from Dollywood. I I have an airbrushed boss hag shirt with a shark on it from Dollywood. So... In case you don't understand, that's what our logo is. I just took a picture of it with my camera and made it the logo because I'm an artist. She claims to have modeled her look after the town tramp. She said, I had never seen anybody, you know, with the yellow hair all piled up and the red lipstick and the rouge and the high-heeled shoes. And I thought, this is what I want to look like. She also... I mean, this is a pretty well-known fact, but she once entered a Dolly look-alike drag queen contest and lost. 
did you know she had to have her so- to- toes sewn back on? No. So she acts when she was six or seven. She accidentally cut off three of her toes on a broken mason jar to the point where they were almost falling off. Oh my god! Growing up in poverty in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee, Parton's mother, Avi Lee Owens, had to be resourceful as she as resourceful as she could. So she performed an unorthodox surgery on her daughter to save her foot that involved cornmeal, sewing needles, and her brothers and father holding her down. Wow! They put care. Yeah, they put kerosene on it for antiseptic, and Mama took her sewing noodle- needles. She used to make our quilts and stuff, and she literally had to sew my toes back on. I want to see a picture of her feet. I've been watching Dumplin'. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. <laughs> I I was wondering, every time I watch it, I'm like, do I even like this movie, or is, is do I just watch it because it has Dolly songs? See, I wonder that too, and I've watched it multiple times and enjoyed it every time. And I think that it's because of the soundtrack, but the movie is built around the soundtrack. I mean, it's about a young girl who is trying to figure out who she is and how to express herself and how to be confident in who she is. And Dolly Parton is the one that helps her do that. Like, her love of Dolly... And the connection that she had with her family because of Dolly and the music and the performance aspect of it. Dolly Parton kind of is that movie. And that's why it's good, in my opinion. What is your favorite Dolly Parton song? Great question. My favorite slow, kind of romantic one is Say Forever You'll Be Mine. That she does with Porter Wagner. Okay, okay. Shit, but jolene is so good we'll just say that jolene is superior to literally every other song not even just dolly songs like it's pretty much better than every other song agreed it was written about a bank teller that her husband that would always flirt with her husband jolene leave carl alone (laughs) it's your integrity basically he would go to the bank and she would be like, you're spending an awful lot of time in that bank. We're, I don't think we have that kind of money. <laughs> Ooh. Awkward. Yeah. Did you know, didn't she write Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same day? Oh, wow. Did she? Let me fact check myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day. What inspired I Will Always Love You? It was written as a farewell to her former partner and mentor of seven years, Porter Wagner. Oh, it was for him. Yeah, following her decision to pursue a solo career. Did they have a romantic history at all? No, I hope not for Carl Dean's sake. Okay, a professional breakup, not a personal one. Uh, When the 1974 recording of the song was reaching number one on the country charts, Elvis Presley indicated that he wanted to cover the song. She was interested until his manager told her that it was standard procedure for the songwriter to sign over half of the publishing rights to any song Elvis recorded. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, she she let uh, Whitney Houston have it because she got all the royalties in the 90s. Uh, his Her manager wasn't trying to pull any stunts. From very early on, like, especially early for a young artist, she protected the publishing rights to her songs. And a lot of young artists don't do that, especially back then. They're just like excited that people are interested and that people want to listen and that they're getting a record deal and then they get a lot of money taken away from them um as you know in dumplin there are drag queens Mm -hmm. and she they quote her as saying it's a good thing i'm a woman because if i weren't i'd be a drag queen 
And I've actually seen the clip of her saying that. And it's it's funny because she's like, I actually just look like a drag queen as a woman, too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, I respect it. I do, too. Uh, she that reminds me of a really iconic part of Miss Congeniality, too. <laughs> Did you see that movie? No. So there's a part where. Oh, wait, yeah, I have seen that, but I don't remember what part you're talking about. Sorry. There's a bit where Sandra Bullock thinks that Dolly Parton is a drag version of herself and she grabs her boobs to prove that they're fake. But it ties back to her losing an impersonation contest of herself. Yeah. Full circle moment for us. Full circle, baby. On this podcast. For a long time, I didn't know a lot of her music besides Jolene. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to her as a child? Yes, but it was pretty limited. It was like kind of the hits. Jolene, 9 to 5, Two Doors Down, Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. That is what we are. No one in between. How can we go wrong? Sail away with me <laughs> to another world. Where we rely on each other. Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm requesting Steel Magnolias right now because I know she's in that movie. Uh, that's a good movie. I know we're jumping around a lot, but also, did you read that Dolly has never been on the rides at Dollywood? No. I mean, I couldn't see her getting on the eagle one we were on, where they strap you in. Because <laughs> she but, wouldn't fit? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. The rides at Dollywood are so good. They really are. And there's a museum of Dolly, too, so that's cute. The soft pretzels are cute butterfly-shaped. And then all the rides are bangers. Like, sometimes when you go to a park, you're like, this one's kind of a dud, but I'll ride it anyway. But every ride we did was, like, really extremely fun. (laughs) It it, it really was. That one that I even hit my head on, I was still like, oh, that was actually really fun. (laughs) The one where I, like, bruised both my knees when it slammed at the end, I was like, yeah, I would ride it again. You're like, can't even be mad because I had the time of my life. Like, to be real, I was mad for a second because I was like, what the fuck? Why is that happening? But, like, I would write it again. It was really fun. I'm just trying to be raw and real and let you know that I did get mad a little. But you know that because you were there. (laughs) (laughs) I did see it. I really need to come to Virginia again because I'm mad that you're not in Utah. Honestly, I'm mad that I'm not there. I'm... I'm upset about it every day, but I got a little less upset when I realized that Charlottesville, they have like lots of good places to eat, including Raising Cane's, which I had never had before. And I ate it yesterday and today, and I may just eat there every day indefinitely. I've heard it's really good. Like it has good chicken strips. Really good chicken strips. Like you know how I feel about chicken strips. And it takes a lot for me to be disloyal to Legend Sports Pub in Salt Lake, which I think has the best chicken strips in Salt Lake. But, like, these are the best chicken strips I've ever had in my life. Wow. I know. It's worth it to go to the racist city. (laughs) Okay. First of all, (laughs) yes, it is. Second of all, (laughs) most of those Nazis came from other cities to Charlottesville because it's a college town. But I wouldn't call Charlottesville itself a racist city. A racist hotspot. <laughs> a hub for racists, yes. A hub for white supremacy. 
Okay, okay. And then also a hub for for Antifa super soldiers, I guess, if they were also there. So it said that she has stopped trying to disguise herself in public because her voice is always a dead giveaway. That's true. True. Also, she has written approximately 5,000 songs. Wow. She writes a song every two or three days. She has said that she uses songwriting as therapy. And people have been like, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? And she's like, I never went into this for the money. I did it because I love it. And because writing songs is like therapy to me. Like, what else would I do? So, yeah, she's just going to keep cranking them out. (laughs) You frick ass. Don't tell Dolly to quit. Yeah, for real. I will end your ass if she gives up. Speaking of her still working, one of my earliest feminist awakenings was the movie 9 to 5. And obviously that has Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin in it. And I, like, literally cried a little bit when I found out they're making a sequel. Is Dolly in it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So there's How long that... ago did that come out? The early 80s? Yeah, 1980. 1980 is when a lot of mainstream movies started to have women going to work and dads staying home and playing with gender roles. Just these three women that work in the same office and their boss is a total misogynist and won't let them get ahead and gives positions to men that are less qualified. And it's pretty typical because a lot of that stuff is still happening. And it's so funny And it's so empowering, and I love it so much. The original trio has stayed friends since working on the movie. In 2017, do you remember, did you watch the Emmys they presented together? Like, the three of them came out together to present an award? I didn't know 9 to 5 was an actual movie until (laughs) you told me, like, a few months ago. So I definitely didn't catch the thing about the Emmys, a tribute. Cool. Well, now you know. The more you know. The original movie dealt with sexism in the workplace and harassment. Jane Fonda is quoted as saying, I'm sorry to say the situation is worse today, that we can expect the modern day sequel to deal with issues including sexual harassment, technology, and the wage gap, all topics currently sweeping Hollywood and the rest of the country. I I went to request 9 to 5 on Plex today and it came up with like this Asian porn where they... They take revenge on their misogynist boss by having a lesbian sleepover threesome. (laughs) That'll teach him. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was like, what? (laughs) What is that supposed to do to him? You guys are kind of missing the mark. I mean, I don't know if porn usually has strong feminist themes. Yes, feminist values. I mean, I can only hope that it does, but... I can only hope that at least some of it does. There's got to be, like, a niche market for people who want feminist themes in their porn. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen that Saturday Night Live thing where Emma Stone is, like, the actress in a porn, but she's the wife that finds her husband hooking up with (laughs) a guy, and she's like, starts overthinking it. She's like, I have to channel her. I have to dig deep. Yeah. into my inner yeah all she has is one line in the porn and she just walks in on her husband having an affair and she's like steven how could you but like she's literally crying and they're like okay we'll cut all that <laughs> god bless god bless this mess hell yeah let's get back to some dolly just we're just all over the place today and we don't feel bad we have never not been all over the place and i think it's time that our fellow hags get used to that here's a funny dolly parton quote 
She said, I'm not offended by dumb blonde jokes because I know that I'm not dumb. I also know I'm not blonde. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's sick. I'm also that, but I, I'm technically blonde. Like, my hair is just, like, darker blonde. Yeah. Shit! Yeah, sorry. You can't really... You can't relate. Can't. Yeah. Wow. Do you live with your niece and family? Yeah, so... I go back and forth between my childhood home with my parents and my sister's house in Charlottesville, Virginia. I have different part-time gigs. <laughs> sometimes you teach on a screen with an orange shirt. Yeah, and sometimes I, I read with a kid in real life. And that is all in the Charlottesville area. But Aww. today was my niece Abigail's birthday. She turned six and... It was really fun. We just did whatever she wanted to do. So we went and got her hair dyed um, pink and purple today. We went and got candy at a candy shop. And we got lunch. And we went shopping for treats and a birthday cake. It's weird that she's six, though. It's huge. I agree. Like, she's basically old enough to vote. Yeah. She's going to college soon. She's going to be drowning in student debt so soon. Oh, here's something about I Will Always Love You. Uh, to be totally honest, I heard the Whitney Houston version first. And so that's kind of, you know, the first one that you hear is the one that kind of sticks in your brain. Yeah. And um, there's the part where she's like, bittersweet memories. That is all I'm taking with me. And when I was a kid, I thought she was saying bittersweet man Maurice. Like, she was talking about a man named Maurice. <laughs> Crazy old Maurice. Crazy old Maurice. Well, it's that's not it. <laughs> Good try. That ain't it. Yeah. Okay, so let's look. Here's a fact we need to look up. Dolly Parton boob size. What would be your guess if you had to guess? Triple H for hip-hop hottie. <laughs> No, that's what that's what the dance team in high school called themselves. They weren't weren't like the mainstream dance team of my high school. They were like the sidebar, and they were Triple H for hip hop hotties. Were you a big fan? Yeah, obviously. Cool. The breasts which have been wait, insured wait, wait. for six. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. What did oh, you okay, say? Okay. Wait, do you actually think they're Triple H? Yeah, I'm gonna guess that she's a. Uh, 32J. 32J? Well, when I Google it, what first comes up is 40 double D, but that doesn't oh, seem right. No, hell no. That's wildly wrong. So, but they are insured for $600,000. So that's 40 good. double D? These sons of bitches don't know anything about boobs. <sighs> Do you think a I'm man mad. guesstimated that? <laughs> Absolutely sorry, a man estimated that. I'm going to look You're at right. a Reddit thread about it. Because, like, the, is it the one that, that says Dolly Parton bra size 40 double D? That can't be right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, on this thread, people are estimating that Dolly Parton is a 28J. Listen, I don't even know my own bra size, so I can't. I just know that it's more than 40, like, hers is more than 40 double D. Yeah. 
For anyone who doesn't understand bra sizes, the number is the size of your waist, like around your ribs. And then the cup size is like a chart based on the measurement of your boobs. The point is, a man was like, yeah, I bet it's like, what, like a 40 double D. And then his friend was like, yeah, write that down. That sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) I I can tell. (laughs) Oh, shit. There's an article called Star Bra Sizes Revealed. Hell yeah. This is what I live for. They're all wrong. Okay. Nobody knows anything about boobs. If if anyone walks away from this with any info, like any final thoughts it's that you should definitely go to pigeon forge if presented with the the opportunity agreed you will not be disappointed there's something for everyone fun for the whole family go to a wax museum go to the national Enquirer museum go to the titanic museum go see a dinner show go watch the hatfield and mccoy like dinner show feud reenactment <laughs> And obviously, yeah. go to Dollywood. Like, the roller coasters, I did not anticipate that they would be that, they would whip that hard. Yeah, me neither. Dolly Parton has been in 12 theatrically released films, and she has made over 400 appearances on television. And she has won... Hannah Montana. Oh, hell yeah. Um, She's won a shit ton of awards. So she was... Well, she was nominated for 9 to 5 uh, for an Oscar and for two other Oscars for different things. She's been nominated for 43 Country Music Awards and won 11, including Entertainer of the Year. Has won three American Music Awards. She's won 39 BMI Awards. Broadcast Music Incorporated, not Body Mass Index Awards. <laughs> Shit. She's won British Country Music Awards, six of them. She's won a Broadway Award. She's won a Canadian Country Music Award. She's won 12 CMT Awards. She has had the most nominations of any female artist in the history of the Grammy Awards, a record now held by Beyonce after the 56 Grammy Awards. Oh, she had the most nominations. Hell yeah. She's won eight Grammys, and then in 2011, she won the Lifetime Achievement Award for the Grammys. But then most recently, in 2019, she won the Music Cares Person of the Year. I think it has something to do with using your music career to for philanthropy, basically, which she does, because she has, like, it, her program is called the Imagination Library, and basically, you register kids or communities, and her organization just mails a book to those children from birth to age five. Like, mm. I think one a week or something like that. She said that Dean, Carl Dean, has only seen her perform once. What? Mm hmm. Why? He's a homebody. I guess she thinks that people don't see them together ever, and that's because he's very private and, like, doesn't go out a lot, apparently. Yeah, so he's only seen her perform once. Cool. Isn't she just, like, a good-ass person? Yes. With a really good sense of humor. Yeah, she doesn't doesn't care if 
she's a joke to everyone. She's like, I'm a powerful woman. Deal with it. And like, she... Stop breathing heavily trying to seduce me. (laughs) I'm just a pervert. Stop being such a perv and trying to seduce our listeners with your breathing. Um, But I watched this interview where Dolly Parton was like, and I think it was this year. She's kind of that old-fashioned type that is afraid of the word feminism. There's a connotation with that word that our parents and like generations before have that it's like angry and violent and misandry (laughs) is what they think it's associated with exactly when it's really just equality it's fighting for social economic political equality of the sexes so yeah the interviewer says so are you a feminist and she's like i don't know if if i identify with it in the way that they mean it but you know i look the way i want i I do what I want, I take care of myself, and I believe that we should all be treated equally and with respect, so yeah. So she's a feminist, but she's a classic old person that is afraid of that word, basically. Have you ever seen The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? No, have you? <laughs> no. I saw we there was that display for it in the museum. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna guess that there's a whorehouse. <laughs> I'm just... Going out on a limb here, I'm going to say maybe it's in Texas. So Miss Mona is played by Dolly Parton, and she runs the Chicken Ranch, a brothel with a long history in a small Texas town. The locals have a good relationship with the institution, and Mona is respected in the community. The sheriff, Ed Earl Dodd, played by Burt Reynolds, also looks out for the Chicken Ranch due to his past with Miss Mona. However, when pious reporter Melvin Thorpe, who's played by Dom DeLuise, exposes the brothel outside interests want to shut it down putting the governor played by charles derning in a tough spot Hmm. (laughs) it's from 1982 working nine to five what a way to make a living she is on record as supporting gay marriage so there you go can you quote that yeah the quote is uh, I always say, sure, why can't they get married? They should suffer like the rest of us do. Burn on Carl Dean! <laughs> Watch more of my performances, Carl. <laughs> She's your wife, Carl. <laughs> Any final remarks that you'd like to leave with our sweetie hags? I love her. I love You Better Get to Live In. Not as much as Jolene, but it's a very good song in like country and feel good. Yeah, she's very good, and people discount her because she has those those huge nunga-nungas when they shouldn't. <laughs> Correct. What are your final thoughts, dog? I think that she is effortlessly positive and inspiring. It's really telling that people see her as a joke because she has big boobs or because she cares about her appearance. I think it's interesting that she's a woman that has received every kind of harassment that a woman can and she just has remained positive and kind and just wants to make the world a better place and her music slaps it does i agree like her music is the epitome of good country music two doors down is the most comforting song ever yeah just and laughing so and drinking and, and having a party yeah i love her Ugh. that's pretty much all there is to say 
Yeah, like I get a little bit emotional when I think about her. <laughs> Me too. But we need to wrap this up because I have to pee really bad. Okay. Hey, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. Ow. I'm sitting in such a weird position. I'll send you a picture of my fortress later. <laughs> Please do. I'll be waiting with bated breath. To all our listeners, uh, I'm literally squatted down in a makeshift fort so that the recording isn't echoey like it was last week. So you're welcome, bitches. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have a boss hag summer. <laughs> Bye, sweeties.